0: is Popular Technology Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends.
1: Welcome to this hour of Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and our show is brought to you by Bridgestone. They're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. And um, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you may remember a topic uh, from last year called the Augmented World Expo. And we were talking about an event that was actually going on in Europe, but at this point now um, we are now having a augmented world expo in California, where uh, many of you actual uh, radio listeners may live. So, if you are I- interested in going to this event, you actually can, because uh, as you may know, I go to a lot of these industry only events like CES, where you get to see the the future of technology, but no one's invited except people you know in the industry. But if you want to go to this augmented world expo event. It is open to the public. So we have co-founder and executive director Ori Inbar joining me to tell us all about the event and what we can expect to see there. Welcome to the show, Ori. Thank you, Jason. Good to be here. So tell me about this event. It seems like um, from the last time that I was at the website looking at all the different events and sponsors, uh, it seems to have grown a lot. You've got a huge list of of participating brands like Disney, Huawei, Google – like, you've got the who's who at this point coming to your event.
2: That's exactly right. I think it's probably the the number one thing that you see when you come to the event is that it's been running for nine years now, uh, starting, you know, with just 300 people in a, in a room. And it has grown to be a 6,000 attendees event with 400 speakers, uh, over 250 exhibitors, and really the entire ecosystem around AR VR or what we like to call XR is coming together to learn to get inspired um, to make business happen uh, and it's I think it's an indication of how this industry has has grown over the past nine years and the fact that it's really set for significant growth moving forward
1: right and uh, how much of this growth do you attribute to the fact that it 's open to the public, because I feel like that is one of its strongest factors because i've been i 've been talking with the people at CES for a long time saying you know you 've got a hundred thousand people coming to this event, but you could have twice that many if you let the interested public in
2: uh, so to be uh, frank the the event is open to everybody, um, but it attracts mostly people working in this industry or that want to get into the industry, um, and in a sense, it's good because you know all the exhibitors there are selling something. They're selling technologies, they're selling expertise, they're selling products, and uh, they want to be able to have conversations with people that are the mo- mostly relevant for them. Right. And it's, I mean, the state the state of the industry is that it's not all ready for the mainstream. It's mostly for you know businesses for uh, interactions within the ecosystem for creating partnerships and so on. So in that sense, it's still mostly um, an industry-focused event. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're a tech enthusiast, you just want to see what's coming up the, you know, the pipeline and technology, then that's definitely a place you can go and check it out.
1: Definitely. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, see where the industry is at in terms of uh, what kind of uh, demos we can get at this event and, and maybe talk about a few of the, the highlights. So, uh, we're talking with Ori Inbar, he's the co founder and executive producer of the Augmented World Expo. This is Pop Tech Radio, and we'll be right back.
0: On the track, even one hundredth of a second decides who wins and who loses. That's why Bridgestone uses advanced racing technology to create their fastest street legal replacement tire yet, the new Bridgestone Potenza RE71R. Engineered with an innovative hydro evacuation surface and unique tread compounds, the new Potenza RE71R is designed to give you maximum grip and ultimate cornering on or off the track. Bridgestone is changing the game in tire performance.
2: Welcome
1: back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and I'm talking with Ori Inbar. He's the co-founder and executive producer of the Augmented World Expo. And this year is the ninth annual Augmented World Expo in Santa Clara, California, May 30th through June 1st. So, Ori, tell me more about this event and how far the industry has come since the beginning. Where are we at now in terms of uh, how far we've come with this technology?
2: I think the main message that the industry... Uh, is going to send to the market during the event is that the XR industry, which really includes AR, VR, all these acronyms, um, is set for exponential growth. We're really at the cusp of the hockey stick uh, effect. And uh, it took 50 years for this overnight success. So it's not like it's a new thing. Um, But if you look at some of the indicators in the market, uh, they're all pointing into that, in that direction. One is the, the mindshare in the public. I think for the first time, most people have heard about these terms and, uh, many of them have already tried it. That's, that's very new and, but that's helping kind of this industry, uh, uh grow uh, in the near future. And maybe most interesting is the fact that the giant technology companies from Apple to Google to Microsoft to Facebook, uh, to Lenovo and Amazon um, and many others, they're all into this industry. They have made huge investments, they have released their own products, and they made it really easy for developers to get into this world. So it may not be completely mainstream for the consumer, but uh, in terms of developers, the tools, the platforms, everything is there to Uh, support this uh, tremendous growth that we're facing. And finally, it's the fact that Fortune 1000 companies uh, have been piloting this this technology for a few years now and are ready to start deploying it in large scale, which is really going to help push this uh, industry forward. And we expect exponential growth in the next couple of years.
1: To me, it seems like one of the reasons that this exponential growth is ready to happen is because the um, the video game makers like PlayStation and Xbox are uh, rolling out their first kind of versions of VR, but then also all of the phone manufacturers are kind of ready to start putting that in the next version of phones. So for the people who aren't ready to go out and buy a oculus and try out vr that way they may be able to get their hands on and try some vr stuff next to free for uh being able to get a google cardboard or try vr in some way on their phone that it just comes on the next time they upgrade their phone so um how much of the technology at the augmented world expo is um proprietary uh like new systems for doing VR and then how much of it is like new games and apps that will just be coming out on phones?
2: So the, the event is really trying to showcase uh, examples from across the entire ecosystem from um, people that create devices, whether it's handheld or that you put on your head, um, but also uh, components that are needed for these devices. And of course then uh, software tools and applications and solutions. So we really see the, the entire spectrum of uh, things that you need for this ecosystem. Um, but to, to your question, first of all, you know, there's AR and VR. And although we tend to lump them together under under one umbrella, they're currently being used very differently. VR is mostly used in games and entertainment um, and mostly with a headsets Coming from the likes of HTC, Sony, or uh, Oculus. Um, and they're now starting to move from the tethered solutions where you have headsets connected to a computer to a standalone uh, headsets, right. which will really enable uh, a wider audience to use it uh, and will make it a bit more popular. And also, the price point is getting to where uh, it's ready for mass adoption. On the AR side, there's, uh, the smart glasses is really the, the target goal where this industry is going. Um, but for now, most of the activity is actually happening on mobile devices. And again, with companies like Apple and Google releasing development environments to develop uh, for AR, all of a sudden you have a couple of billion people with phones that are ready for AR experiences. And that's a much, much bigger audience and, and it's a reason why a lot of the interest now from investors and for consumers is going into uh, mobile AR.
1: Right. It seems like it's a much easier port of entry uh, if you're just talking about developing a game where you just have to develop the software versus developing you know, all of this research and development into creating some kind of new headset that has to compete with other headsets or some kind of new glove or... For interacting in that 3D environment, that, you know, anytime there's a physical component, it's going to be a lot more expensive to develop than just the digital component. So I, I can see why uh, there's a lot of brands that are like ready to jump in now, now that they don't have to create their own hardware.
2: That's right. It's uh, I mean, you already have, most people already have phone that is capable to deliver AR experiences, uh, and also the tools to developing to develop those applications and uh, experiences are much more advanced. They work. You know, they don't come from a tiny little startup. They actually are developed and supported by some of the, the the biggest companies in the world. So that is making it um, much easier. And it's also the reason why you see all of a sudden thousands of AR applications on uh, iOS or Android phones. Um, that, uh, from what we hear, almost a three quarter of all mobile users have tried at least one AR experience. So it's, that's kind of uh, a proof that uh, the mind share is at an all time
1: high. Right. And when, speaking of those biggest brands on earth being there, uh, when we come back, maybe let's talk about some, what some of the big brands like Disney are doing at the Augmented World Expo. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Ori Inbar. He's the co founder and executive director of the Augmented World Expo, which is in Santa Clara, California. May 30th through June 1st. This is Pop Tech Radio, and we'll be right back.
0: My dad is a proud doer, always building, repairing, or maintaining something. He relies on craftsman tools, and I do the same. Today, craftsman mechanics tools, metal storage, and lighting are available from your favorite retailers. But that's only the beginning. A full line of retooled and refined products are on the way. Find your favorite store at Craftsman.com. And stay tuned for more big news from this trusted American brand.
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're continuing our conversation with Ori Inbar. He's the co-founder and executive producer of the Augmented World Expo Coming to Santa Clara, California, May 30th through June 1st. It is open to the public if you want to go. There is all kinds of stuff going to be going on there. There's uh, three days, uh, over 300 speakers, 300 exhibitors, 100,000 square feet of expo space. So, Ori, when we, uh, we're going to break, you mentioned that you know some of the biggest brands in the world, like Disney and stuff, are going to be there. What are some of these giant brands uh, showcasing?
2: So the, the giants, I mean, or the, the Fortune 1000 companies at the event, uh, span practically every single industry you can think of. Uh, there's definitely good representations of companies like Disney in the entertainment space. Uh, but I would have to say that the, probably the top, uh, industry represented is from manufacturing, um, manufacturing industry as well as retail or e-commerce. Uh, you have, a lot of focus on, on training, um, healthcare, automotive. And these, uh, these businesses are, many of them are using it internally actually to improve many of their businesses. They, they've, they've made a, a few uh, ROI studies that showed that workers that use AR uh, to perform their tasks are performing it much faster. And it's uh, representing savings of, you know, 40 to 50 percent in uh, productivity, in safety, and eventually on on, on the bottom line. Uh, So that's that's one of the biggest drivers. Those are some Uh,
1: really big percentages.
2: Absolutely. And if you look at uh, retail or e-commerce, the whole idea of try before you buy, uh, many of us have probably seen the IKEA app where you can try a table. In the corner of your uh, room before you actually purchase it online, right? Uh, that has proven to show significant conversion rates uh, online. So uh, people are more likely to buy an item when they see it in the real life, whether it's you know in your room or maybe it's uh, sunglasses on your face or or some new makeup that you're trying before you buying it. So. So that, that notion in, in retail and e-commerce is also uh, very big uh, at the show.
1: One thing that seems to be a barrier um, or a hurdle that, that these brands have to get over is that tethering to uh, a big PC and the need for anybody who wants to get into this to already have like some kind of really powerful computer, which they may not already have, And it seems like you had mentioned something called AR Cloud, which is going to help people um, lower that cost of entry by possibly putting some of that processing power on the cloud.
2: Right. So uh, the tethering of your VR headset to computers um, has been mostly um, dragging the growth on the VR side. And as I said, that's kind of improving. We're seeing this year most of the big players releasing standalone headsets which do not require a computer, not even a smartphone to to put inside the headset. So so that's gonna help a lot to drive the VR adoption. On the AR side, despite the fact that you have the Apple, Google, you know, uh Amazon, Facebook releasing fantastic tools for developing AR and supporting it on their platforms, uh, most of the applications you see being built on those are basically a single-user application that you can use somewhere, but is not persistent, is not shareable, is not really enabling uh, to take AR to its full extent. Uh, and that, that's a big problem. It's, it's a big problem for the massive adoption. But luckily... Uh, there's something that we like to call the Air Cloud that will help um, solve that that kind of barrier and uh, enable mainstream. Uh, it's a concept that has been uh, discussed in the with you know Air industry insiders for quite a while, but for the first time this year we're seeing some some of the first implementations of that. Uh, what what Air Cloud does uh, in short is Uh, to allow AR experiences to be persistent and to be shareable across many users and many devices. So if today, you know, uh, I want to buy that IKEA table I mentioned, um, I can look around my living room. Uh, It will detect the shape of the living room and be able to place a table on the floor. That's cool, but then when I come back tomorrow, it will not be there, and... My partner uh, that may want to see that as well will will have to recreate that whole experience. So that that's kind of the current problem um, with the air cloud, which is essentially um, scanning the whole world and creating uh, a replica, a digital replica of the world, so that you can place virtual content, augmented content, anywhere in the world and have it persist there. Um, until you know it's gone and and also be able to share it with other people that will allow me to uh to share that you know table in the corner of the room experience with my partner with um in in a much more uh, in a much easier way
1: awesome yeah it sounds it sounds really just like that next exponential step up in the AR world So, uh, we've got one more segment to go with Ori from the Augmented World Expo. This is Pop Tech Radio. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
0: It's spring, time to wake up and get a great deal. Jolt them out of their winter slumber with Dodge Challenger, the most affordable V8 in its class. Or Dodge Charger with up to 300 horsepower with 30 MPG highway. Or Dodge Durango, the most powerful SUV with available all-wheel drive in its class. Spring's here, and so are the deals. So wake up and join the Brotherhood of Muscle. Based on Wardsmith's Specialty Vehicle Segment, EPA estimate. Actual mileage may vary. Based on 2017 Wardsmith's Export Utility Vehicle Segmentation. Excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles.
1: You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're still talking with Ori Inbar. He's the co-founder and executive director of the Augmented World Expo, and it is coming up this coming week. So, Ori, um, let, let's let's kind of uh, you know wrap up this conversation about the Augmented World Expo. You've got over 300 speakers. That is a ton of speakers. What what are some of the uh, maybe topics that these speakers are are covering?
2: So, actually, we just crossed the 400 oh, wow. the speaker mark, and that's really representing some of the best best experts um, in the AR and VR industry from across the the entire world. Uh, And they're bringing really all all the topics you can think of. Um, First, you know, a a really good set of uh, inspirational talks about where this could go, what this could do to us, as well as how can it uh, help improve the world. We have a a track called XR for Good, uh, which is really kind of focusing on on that uh, specific uh, it's one among, uh, six stages. One is focused on, uh, business. So how do you adopt it in your, in your business? Uh, what kind of use cases? Um, how do you go about deploying it and so on, which is really uh, essential to, to make it, uh, being adopted by, by Fortune 1000 companies. There's sections for developers. So how, you know, what are the latest tools? How do I use them? Uh, for designers, Creators, um, You know, I can't code, but I want to create some experiences. What are some of the best practices? What are the techniques? Because this is really a whole new kind of uh, uh, creation, it's something that we've never done before on 2D, computer, on 2D screens. Um, we also have a, a strong focus on diversity. We, uh, we were able to actually uh, get on stage over 100 female speakers, and that is, I think, probably uh, a main, uh, a big uh, message to the industry uh, to to really focus more on diversity and getting all voices involved because that will make uh, everything, you know, much better. We've seen that whenever you have uh, diverse voices contributing and influencing the technologies and the products, they become just better and uh, more appropriate for everybody. Uh, and, and it's good for business. So so for us, you know, it's not only the, good th- the right thing to do, but also great for all the businesses involved.
1: Absolutely. Well, so the event is coming up this week. Uh, tell people where, you know, where it's at, how much does it cost to get in, and uh, all, all the rest of the details.
2: So the event is uh, happening in the Santa Clara Convention Center in the Bay Area near San Francisco. Um. It's going to start on May 30th um, and go until uh, June 1st. It's three days of conference and two days expo. The the prices range from you know just forty nine dollars for uh, the lowest uh, expo only ticket to over a thousand dollars if you want to get the full experience with all the different. Uh, Tracks as well as some of the workshops that we we have uh, put together. Um, so it's really kind of the whole range. Um, I'll tell you a secret: there's a bunch of discount codes available from our partners. So I'll try to to look it up online.
1: Ah, there you go. So if you're a professional and and you're looking to advance your career within this uh, this field, there's all kinds of different speakers and workshops you can uh, you can interface with. Or if you're just a casual, interested uh, tech enthusiast, seems like right around fifty bucks you can get in and try out all the the latest AR, VR, MR tech. Again, it's the Augmented World Expo, Santa Clara, California, May thirtieth through June first. Orion Bar, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you, Jason. It's been great. Uh,
1: and again, if you uh, want to find out more about this conference you can go to augmentedworldexpo.com this is pop tech radio we got more coming up don't go away have you ever tried to
0: plan a vacation and the hotel cost airfare and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com.
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters. And if you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard me raving about one of my favorite products that I've been able to test out on the show, uh, which was the Jamstick. And I, I think I met them at uh, CES a few years ago. And it has just been one of the most fun tech toys that I've been able to play with as a musician. Um, I know how to play guitar, but I don't know how to play piano or keyboard. And essentially, this is one of the biggest things that the jamstick is perfect for is that person that knows how to play guitar but wants to be able to transmit that knowledge into playing other musical instruments and you know a lot of the time if you know how to play keyboard, you can synthesize pretty much any other instrument and that's what this jamstick does uh, on top of being able to teach people how to play guitar and other things like that. So, the Jamstick now um, has two new models coming out. It's been flying off the digital shelves on Indiegogo. So, we've got Chris Hiley on the line. He's the Director of Product Innovation at Zivix, the, uh, the company that makes the Jamstick. Welcome to the show, Chris.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Jason.
1: So, uh, Jamstick has come a long way that you guys had the original Jamstick and then the Jamstick Plus, and those have been your, your main products for the last couple of years now. And now it's time for the uh, the Indiegogo, which still has about a week left. And you guys are already like three hundred and thirty percent funded. So there is no doubt in anybody's mind now that that if you back this product, you will get one.
3: Yes, there is no question about that. Uh, we have uh, two products coming out: the Jamstick Seven and the Jamstick Twelve. Uh, those numbers uh, following the Jamstick name. Indicate the fret count. So uh, to kind of rewind a little bit, you know, we released the original Jamstick and the Jamstick Plus as five fret devices. Which, uh, if you're already a guitar player, that means, you know, you've got the first five frets of the neck um, to work with. And for the most part, the original Jamstick kind of served two audiences: um, those who wanted to use the Jamstick to teach themselves how to play guitar using our apps and software. Uh, And we've got a number of things there that have been kind of there from the start in terms of apps uh, for iOS. Uh, We've got Jam Tutor, which does your basic, what we call, um, you know, kind of gets you over the hump where most people quit. Um, I like to say it's not going to turn you into Jack White overnight, but it's going to, you know, it's going to get you playing and make you comfortable with, Playing the guitar, so you're going to learn how to play what we call like your cowboy or campfire chords, some bar chords, and some scales. But you're also going to get, um, you know, you're going to get to see a number of different interfaces that kind of get mirrored in the in the big, you know, outside of our apps, so that you understand like how do I read a chord grid and 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 some of those common kind of guitar conventions. Um, but one of the things about the you know the Jamstick in the Jamstick plus that we've been that users have asked for a long time. And even those who don't use those products wished that we had was more frets uh, because that just means you have more playable range in one setting. And so the Jamstick seven is a seven fret device. Uh, it's really tailored for new guitar players. Uh, so it has the features that uh, people loved, The Jamstick Plus, in terms of it's got wireless Bluetooth MIDI connectivity, it's got real strings and frets, it connects with our apps and software, um, it's got a USB port. So, if you need to uh, connect with a device that doesn't do Bluetooth MIDI, in terms of maybe you're connecting to a Chromebook, maybe you're connecting to uh, an older PC or an older Mac, uh, you can still uh, have access to some of our software tools or software tools from other um, developers. Uh, And the Jamstick 7. Is really also tailored at a lower price point. Um, our original Jamstick and the Jamstick Plus, uh, you know, basically retails at 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 two ninety nine still, kind of to this day. You're gonna see you know pricing that goes below that because they're not necessarily end of life, but they are uh, you know kind of spinning down their cycle a little bit. We're gonna continue to support those things for a long time. But the Jamstick Seven was really designed for beginning players, so uh, the Price point was really something that we designed uh, with intention to keep under where the jamstick Plus landed. So, uh, you know, right now uh, the six Seven is going to be, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of, you know, without any bundling, about uh, two forty nine retail. Um, some of those numbers are going to get a little bit shaken out uh, when we finally kind of finalize things, uh, but. That's a good discount uh, over where the Jamstick originally landed. Then obviously when you start adding accessories like cases and body extenders and that kind of stuff, um, the Jamstick 7 is is much more affordable. Now, for someone like yourself who's an experienced guitar player um, and you're using uh, MIDI, which is the digital language that these these Jamsticks communicate in, um, the Jamstick 12 is really designed... To be as no compromise a MIDI controller as can be had in 12 frets, Um, so we are working furiously uh, to to refine stuff, (laughs) all kinds of features for the Jamstick 12. It's a 12 fret device, so for most guitar players, they're going to immediately recognize that they can, you know, they have a full octave on each string that they can work with. So there's not a whole lot that you won't be able to do with the Jamstick 12. Um, it's it's going to feature enhancements um, where the Jamstick Plus kind of left off. So we're really working on a number of features that are very familiar to experienced guitar players in terms of, you know, we're really drilling out uh, issues that with the previous technology we were using with the Jamstick Plus and the Jamstick um, issues regarding uh, hammer-ons and pull-offs, issues regarding... Uh, Kind of open string sensitivities, but we've also switched a bunch of technology on both uh, devices, both the Jamstick 7 and the Jamstick Plus. Um, The previous generation Jamsticks, the Jamstick and the Jamstick Plus, uh, were using uh, infrared technology to do finger detection on the fretboard. So when you put your finger down on a Jamstick Plus onto a string, that fretboard has infrared lights that you can't see. Uh, That are scanning to see your fingers. Uh, We've actually moved technology to what's more uh, kind of accustomed with every mobile phone. So we have uh, a capacitive touch circuit that sits underneath the fretboards of the Jamstick 7 and the Jamstick 12. Uh, And so it means that we can detect some things uh, with. I don't want to say a higher degree of accuracy because the Jamstick Plus was pre- a pretty accurate device, but it gives us a lot more wiggle room to be able to kind of shade out where the gray areas for the Jamstick Plus kind of uh, would have some issues just because you're working with points of light and points of reception. And so you're always working with light and shadow, whereas with a, a capacitive touch circuit, it's all about contact. And so it makes some decision-making in the software easier to uh, to handle, But it also just has a a better tactile feel in terms of how the instrument responds. The other thing that we did differently with the Jamstick 7 and the Jamstick 12 from a technical perspective uh, is that we've moved to, (laughs) we went from using IR to detect uh, uh, frets on the previous generation of Jamsticks, and we actually are using um, infrared in our optical pickup systems for the Jamstick 7 and the Jamstick Plus and both the, the pickups for the Gem6 7 and the 6 Plus feature a very pretty dense um, IR array that does a really fantastic job of kind of scanning uh, guitar strings in motion in 360 degrees, uh, which is a, is a very um, – it's, it's, it's kind of wild when you get down to it. You're like, why would you need to do that? So one of the things that we really wanted to conquer was how quickly we could do – Detection because that's really where um, we can make improvements to so latency, which is another thing that uh, previous Genesys users really wanted to see us improve, and it was something that we've known we've you know we've worked seven ways to Sunday to try and uh, get our our latency down, and one of the things that was going to speed that up is we can make decisions about what a user is doing by watching that string and scanning it incredibly fast. Wow! So we're really, really excited about uh, that optical technology and, uh, and what it's going to do for pit detection. Uh, and, and on the Jamstick 12, we're scanning that at a blinding rate. So we're really, really excited to kind of get these things in people's hands and, and see what their reactions are.
1: Stay tuned for more of Pop Tech Radio. We're going to continue our conversation with Chris Hiley talking about the new Jamstick 7 and Jamstick 12. We'll be right back.
0: Alan Taylor here and I wanted to share the news with you about the new Haynes Manuals online. They're the worldwide leader in vehicle repair information and they now offer online manuals that are formatted to fit all electronic devices. With Haynes Manuals online, you get all the trusted content of the Haynes printed manual but with so many added features that help you get the job done right. I ordered one for my car and access it right through my tablet. There are now over 180 Haynes manuals online available covering cars, trucks and motorcycles. You can order yours today at haynes.com.
1: Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. I'm Jason Masters, and we're continuing our conversation with Chris Hiley from Zivix, the company that makes the Jamstick. And we're uh, talking about the Jamstick 7 and the Jamstick 12 that are both on Indiegogo right now. And we're now kind of uh, transitioning into talking about some of the software updates that are being released along with these new uh, products.
3: We've done some things in the last year to kind of open up uh, platform compatibility in, in, in an interesting way, um, you know, we were primarily a company that developed tools in iOS, and then kind of by association, uh, we were able to port some of those tools uh, to, uh, to Mac OS um, or OS 10 uh, back in the day uh, with relative ease, and then uh, we've done some things with Android, and uh, it, A number of years ago, uh, Google and Android were making some strides in MIDI, and it seems like some of that support has trailed off uh, kind of midstream. So what we did last year to just try and head things off was uh, last summer, we started developing a new site called play.jamstick.com, which is basically using Web MIDI to be able to connect your Jamstick to any computer that will operate Google Chrome and basically have – a comparable set of tools to what we are doing in iOS uh, in terms of guitar instruction, but also kind of the nuts and bolts of how do I configure this device to my playing style, uh, how do I update firmware, those kinds of things. So um, the neat thing is play.jancic.com has been a great tool for people on practically any platform. Yeah,
1: even like a Uh, Chromebook.
3: Yes, especially with a Chromebook. And that was something that we were very, very... Cognizant of because uh, you know there are school campuses that are running Chromebooks for everything, uh, and you know that are not using they're not necessarily one to one with iPads, and so one of the things we wanted to tackle is okay can we can we work in a Chromebook can we do this, um, and so we actually brought in an engineer last summer and he's been brilliant developing tools for play com, uh, you know the, the hurdle in some cases is going to be the fact that. Chromebooks at this time don't support Bluetooth MIDI, but we have USB ports on our devices. You can connect with a USB cable, and you're off and running. You know, and so that's a fantastic. It also means that for um, for kind of parallel developers, we have compatibility now through Google Chrome that does some crazy stuff. So um, the team out of Sweden that produces an online DAW called Soundtrap, and they've got millions of users worldwide. Um, the Jamstick is compatible with Soundtrap right away. Uh, so, on the, really any platform that they support, you can just dive in and go. And the nice thing about it is that, you know, if you want to be able to, on your same, you know, Chromebook, be able to work in Soundtrap, but then also, I do, oh, I, I want to change the tuning of my Jamstick right away, or I want to change this performance aspect of my Jamstick right away, you can do that on the same machine. You don't have to bounce out to, you know, a different device to take care of that. You know, you, if you're a guitar player and you connect a Jamstick to one of those, you're off and running.
1: You're you're really checking a lot of the boxes of the things that people needed from the original Jamstick to these newer ones. You know, e- easier for for beginners, but also uh, easier for professionals to take their their already robust knowledge and have it just work on this newer version.
3: Yeah, and 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 the really kind of cool thing about it for us is having been around the block in terms of release the Jamstick and then the Jamstick Plus, um, we're really familiar with a lot of the, <laughs> some of the hurdles and the processes that you just, you're going to bump your head against and, and we're able to plan for those accordingly in terms of, you know, being able to make sure that we've got our eyes on some of those, some of those details that are both, you know, customer facing, but also kind of Uh, more, you know, behind-the-scenes facing. And so we're really confident and excited that these, both these models are going to be really fantastic for the users that pick them up.
1: If you're at all interested in this, you should get your butt over to Indiegogo because um, these prices are discounted up to, like, almost 40% if you end up buying two models. But if you're just buying one, it looks like about 30% off. Uh, which, which is, yeah. you know, that, that's a great savings for these. So so definitely check out, uh, go to Indiegogo and search Jamstick, J-A-M-S-T-I-K. Or um, you can go to their website, which is jamstick.com, J-A-M-S-T-I-K.com. Chris Heitle, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Thank you.